Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. So glad you are joining me. You know, I have this fantasy, and it's a fantasy that's never going to happen. But because of all the amazing things happening in our society and all the things in the news and all the questions that you send, I want to get everybody who listens to this podcast in a room, eat something great, and talk out all the issues, have fun, stay up all night, bat things around, learn from each other. I'm having absolutely fascinating interactions by email and text with some of you. And uh, sometimes I meet some of you guys when I'm out on the road. And I got to tell you, it's just, a, it's just, I love what you bring. I love how eager and interested you are. I love how many of you want to make a difference in the world. And I love interacting about important ideas. So anyway, thought I'd share that fantasy. <laughs> it's never going to happen. But still, it's good for us to have a have a love for each other, respect for each other, and an excitement about the exchange of ideas and shaping the world around us. All right, I want to dive into a pretty controversial topic. I imagine many of you will end up disagreeing with me by the time that I'm done. But I want to talk about Washington, D.C. statehood. As you may know, the House recently voted for D.C. statehood. This has been an issue that's gone on, that's been discussed for years. Uh, There has actually been another time that the House has voted for D.C. statehood. It didn't go anywhere. I'll explain why in a moment. And so this is, again, going to be a hot issue. Uh, This is coming about right now because Democrats are, and I I say this with kindness, um, on a bit of a power surge, a bit of a, uh, some would say a grasp for territory, uh, surging forward, trying to expand their reach, expand their control, expand their margins of victory. And so D.C. statehood, along with Puerto Rican statehood, uh, are often brought to the fore. But the House has actually acted now, and so this will come Uh, to the fore of the nation's consciousness, in addition to all of the other challenges that we're currently facing. Well, let's back up for just a moment. Before I give you my opinions, let me tell you what the issues are here. In the U.S. Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, the Founding Fathers described, called for, a federal city. It would be 10 square miles, and it would be the city in which the government would exist. It would not be a state. It would be an independent territory managed, run, ruled by Congress. And in this way, the federal government would have a home. It could not be pressured by any state. It would not be dominated by any one state. Remember, of course, at the time of the Constitutional Convention in our early history, great uh, autonomy of the states and great differences between the states. Uh, they had different interests. They, they, they had different uh, uh, issues that drove them and political issues and agendas. And that's, by the way, one of the reasons that D.C. was put where it was, uh, neatly packed right between north and south, um, but expected to be autonomous. Ten square miles in which our federal government would operate operate unmolested, as one of the founding fathers wrote. Well, the problem is that as D.C. has evolved through the years, and by the way, it really underwent a transformation during World War II. I'd recommend the book called uh, by David Brinkley, uh, an announcer of a previous generation, a news announcer of a previous generation. 
It's called Washington Goes to War. And it's all about how Washington, D.C., during World War II, grew up, became the big city that we know now. Prior to that, it was a sleepy, rather undeveloped, often muddy, unbelievably hot and malarial, uh, little, well, largely southern town. And yes, the government was there, but believe me, our national representatives went in, did their business, and got out. It was not a comfortable place to be. It was not known for good hotels. It was not known for comfort. It was hot. It was malarial. It was muddy. It was congested. And uh, there's actually a semi-humorous uh, theory of our the growth of our American government that once air conditioning was put into our federal buildings, that's when government began to grow. <laughs> That's not all there is to it. It was basically World War II. And again, I recommend David Brinkley's Washington Goes to War. Really does describe the transformation of D.C. Well, as D.C. has grown since uh, World War II, it has citizens, of course. It has about 700,000 citizens, uh, people who live there. And so the issue becomes, hey, we don't have congressmen and senators. We don't have representation. Um, you actually see bumper stickers in Washington, D.C., no tax taxation without representation because of course the DC residents are taxed but they don't have congressmen or senators uh, representing them in Congress. Congress manages DC. Uh, the superintendent of schools has to talk to Congress. The, the mayor has to talk to Congress. The budget's approved by Congress. And since Congress, I'm sorry to say it, is the least effective branch of our federal government, that really hampers DC. So I understand the frustration. I understand the desire. But let's be clear here that what is being proposed by the Democrats is largely about shifting elections. It's largely about shifting elections. Uh, the plan currently being proposed by Democrats, which is not likely to go very far, I'll explain why in a moment, um, is one in, that largely modifies uh, the uh, U.S. elections. And that's the goal, of course. It's to seal a Democratic majority for generations. That's, that's, that's really the goal. And I know I'm speaking harshly, but it's just true. All right, so what, what would distinguish a D.C. state, what would distinguish a D.C. state uh, is that as, as D.C. is currently constituted, uh, it, it is a state in which there would be absolutely no Republicans. There is not a Republican sitting anywhere in Washington, D.C., no conservatives. This D.C. state would be the most liberal, the most left-leaning state in the union. And this, of course, is what Democrats know, and it's one of the reasons they want to build a state out of D.C. I need to pause right here and say that one of the big attacks on those who oppose D.C. statehood, and I'm one of them, one of the big attacks is that it's a racist position. D.C. is largely black. And so many people say, well, if you have a D.C. state, it won't be able to run itself. It won't it won't be competent. It won't be it, it can't. I mean, basically, the assault is the, the, the counter charges that people who are opposed to D.C. statehood think blacks can't run a state of their own, that they're not competent, that they're not equal to it. And of course, this is complete garbage. I don't believe that. I believe the opposite. You know where I am on African-Americans. You know where I am on race. You know perhaps what I've written about blacks in history and their contributions to, to, to the progress of mankind. Of course, blacks are competent to run a state. For heaven's 
heaven's sakes. They're doing it all over the country. This is counter-racism. Uh, this is an allegation that's meant to cause uh, those who oppose D.C. statehood to back off and cower because they don't want to be called racist. And it's ridiculous. No one seriously believes a black man or woman uh, you know, who's trained and, and qualified can't be a mayor or a governor or a senator or, or a congressman uh, for Washington, D.C., that the state can't, that, that it couldn't run itself. It's not about competence. It's not about whether blacks are competent. For heaven's sakes, that's absurd. Um, we, 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 should be, we should be past those kinds of allegations and we should be past those kinds of thoughts. Um, the issue has to do with governance. Our founding fathers wanted a state, I'm sorry, a district in which that Congress would govern so that the federal government could function unmolested. It wouldn't be subject to partisan politics. It would be independent. And what the Democrats are proposing is a state called State of Washington, Douglas Commonwealth. Now, I have to tell you, one of the things I most like about the plan, almost the only plan, is that I'm a big fan of Frederick Douglass, and so I would be thrilled to see a state with his name attached to it. But State of Washington, Douglas Commonwealth. I actually like the name, uh, but I'm not, a, not in favor of uh, D.C. statehood at all. I mean, the, the, the Democrats' plan currently is, is rather odd. Think, I want you to hear this. It would actually give the president and his family, his or her family, uh, a certain number of electoral votes. In fact, three electoral votes, which is equal to the electoral votes of Vermont. So you would give the president and his immediate family electoral votes equal to entire states. It's pretty crazy. I got to tell you. Um, what they would do is they would turn um, most of the District of Columbia right now into the state that I've just given you the name of, and they would shrink the actual District of Columbia to a very, very small space to include the White House and the Supreme Court, etc. So there would still be a District of Columbia, but it would be tiny, a few square miles. And the rest of the District of Columbia, perhaps with some ceded land from other states, um, would become this new state called the state of Washington, Douglas Commonwealth. Well, it's, it's, it is the reason that I'm opposed clearly has nothing to do with race. That's just insulting. It's ridiculous that that would be the counter charge. The reason has to do with the wisdom of the founding fathers. It's not like I'm just stuck 200 years ago, but the founding fathers were right. The federal government needs to have a city in which to operate where it is not guided or dominated by partisan politics. Uh, it, it is not dominated by a state legislature. It is not dominated by uh, the immediate exigencies of politics and uh, the needs of a people. You understand what I'm saying? In a particular state or the agenda of a people in a particular state. That it's a federal city in which the federal government runs uh, the federal part of our national life. You know, here, just consider how, how unusual this would be. I've already said that if the current D.C. configuration and political um, information uh, carried over into a state, uh, you would have a state in which a, a, there are absolutely no members. There, let, me, let me state it a different way. That the whole state would be dominated by one political party. The whole state would be dominated by one political party. That's the political makeup of D.C., and of course, Democrats know that. So 93% of the population of Washington, D.C. voted for Joe Biden. 
There are currently no Republican members of the city council, no Republican mayor, no Republican of any kind, school superintendent, anything. There is no Republican or, or, or conservative or any kind of libertarian party, no diversity, in other words, politically. It's all Democrat at every level. Okay, It would be, as I've said, the most liberal state in the union. But the other thing that's interesting is, you know, the average state in America has 76,000 square miles. Rhode Island, the smaller, is 1,545 square miles. D.C. would be 68 square miles. So I am uh, opposed to D.C. statehood because I think there ought to be an independent district where the federal government operates. I'm opposed because D.C. population is not diverse enough uh, to represent a state. Uh, it's, it has nothing to do with race, absurd. It has to do with the fact that it's not diverse enough. It would be a democratic enclave, and they know that, and the current plan to assign electoral votes to the president's family is crazy. Now, hardly any of this is going to happen uh, because what is being proposed will require a constitutional amendment, and that requires a vote uh, in favor by three-fourths of the states. Now, you know we're not going to get that. So this is a little bit of window dressing on the part of Democrats. It also, by the way, signals, again, this grab for power that I'm a little concerned about right now. Joe Biden is doing a huge amount uh, by executive decree. I grant you that Trump did it too, and I was opposed to him doing it. But now we've got really an imperial presidency in the make, and I think it's dangerous. This D.C. statehood issue coming so early and coming so unwisely is part of a massive grab by the left to gain control in American society. But I think that D.C. statehood is unwise. I think it's unwise because I think there ought to be an independent federal city. I think that you will have a state, the primary industry of which is federal government. Think about the diversity of the state in which you live if you live in the United States. And I have many international listeners and welcome to you. But think about the diversity of your state. I'm sitting in Tennessee right now and I'm not living in Tennessee. I live in uh, Virginia, as you know. I live in Nashville and Arling- and uh, Alexandria, Virginia. And the, our states are very diverse. They've got farming, they've got industries, they've got tourism, they've got hospitals, they've got law, they've got, you know, they've, they've all got different industries and different products and the state's strong and it's vibrant. There would be one main industry in the state of the city of Washington, I'm sorry, the state of Washington, Douglas Commonwealth, and it would be the federal government. So you're talking about the socialist dream. You're talking about one party dominating. You're talking about one industry dominating. And that one industry, it's not really even an industry, being the federal government. It would be dangerous. It would, in a sense, this is overstated, but I'm making a point. Uh, it would it would basically be surround and, and control uh, geographically anyway, the federal government. I don't mean that D.C. would control the government nationally, but locally, Uh, You can't believe the problems that this would cause if the Democrats' plan goes through. There's also another issue that's kind of interesting. Uh, it's, almost a, it's almost funny to think about. Uh, but while there are, is a clear method for states joining the union, there is no method constitutionally or procedurally prescribed uh, for states leaving. And that's what would essentially uh, have to happen. Um, so a state, a state can enter the union, obviously. We've had that in our history. Uh, but an 1868 Supreme Court ruling said that 
once they enter, that bond is indissoluble, a word we don't use very much these days. So how do you leave? That's, that's essentially what has to happen. Uh, there would have to be a leaving of the union. There would have to be, the, the procedure is not there. Now that can be solved. I'm not saying that's insurmountable. But what's going on here, there's two issues going on here. One is what the Democrats intend, which is offensive and uh, bigoted and a, a land grab and an attempt to shape future elections. Uh, they simply want a Democratic majority for the next millennia. Um, and that's fine. Republicans want the same thing. And by the way, that's why I'm an independent. Um, I'm not about any one party. I'm about certain principles and uh, certainly certain American traditions, the noble ones, um, that need to need to continue and survive. American values, some would call them. Yes, there's need for change. Yes, there's need for amendments to the Constitution. Great. We, we believe in all of it. But uh, this is about a grab. The, the fundamental issue for me is not so much that I'm shocked that Democrats might be grasping for power. Gee, that's never happened before. Uh, what I'm, my main opposition is that I think there is wisdom in having a federal city and having it be of size and having it be as free as possible of uh, local politics. And I think to have a far left-leaning state of 68 square miles... <laughs> <laughs> the primary business of which is the federal government uh, just, first of all, gives an, uh, an exceptional level of input uh, and uh, impact upon our federal government to that group of people, number one. And number two, I think it has a t will have a tendency to deform our national politics. There's no question. I, I mean, nobody doubts why the Democrats are doing this. They want power. That's what everybody in D.C. wants. Uh, it, it, it might be a matter of low character, but it certainly is what everybody in D.C. is there to do. If the Republicans can do it, could do it, they do it too. You, I, I'm, not, I'm not mad at the Democrats because they're grasping for power, although it's pretty naked and pretty bold and, and, and pretty um, agenda-driven. Uh, usually politicians try to hide this stuff, but okay, I can let that go. It's unwise to have a state that is basically a city, the only industry of which is the federal government, which leans so far left, no, hardly any diversity at all. Again, 93% for Joe Biden, that's the highest in the nation. And, the, and for the federal government to essentially be a, a, just a little bit of land in the middle of that far left leaning state. It's not what the founding fathers wanted. It's not wise. It's not good for our country. And the Democrats plan currently that has to do with giving the first family as many electoral votes as some states is pretty nuts. And it, and it reveals, of course, what the agenda is. So Am I opposed to D.C. statehood because I'm anti-black? Ridiculous. And if you know anything about me, you've heard me talk on this podcast, you know what my family's comprised of, what kind of church I go to, the fact that I live in D.C. and that I boldly and happily say statistically a majority of my friends are black, then you know that what I'm not doing is saying blacks can't run a dang state. That is one of the most absurd things I've ever heard. It has nothing to do with race has to do with the federal government able to operate, has to do with the Constitution and the wisdom of the Founding Fathers, has to do um, with the need for a federal city in which government exists free from the pressures of a local state, um, and has to do with the fact that uh, D.C. is not yet diverse enough to reflect the diversity that's in the rest of the states. It's, it is almost all Democrat.
uh, it's almost all left leaning. Uh, and so we would, we would be putting in place a very socialist state, the only business of which would be the federal government. It, is, it, is, it gives outsized representation to those who live there. It is uh, a, a danger to our federal government in the sense that it would be unbelievably influential for, especially for its populace of only 700,000 people, uh, and unbelievably left-leaning. So it's a power grab. We get it. But it's unhealthy for the nation. Should there be modifications in D.C.? Yes, you can reduce the land size. We've gotten beyond the 10 square miles that Congress prescribed. Uh, you, can, you can allow uh, the local D.C. government more autonomy. Congress can vote more autonomy for the local D.C. government. Um, I'm not sure the mayor should have to go. The city council should have to go to Congress hat in hand for the, for the merest amount of funding. Um, but we need an independent city in which our federal government exists, free from the pressure of a local state so that it can function and do well. And there are other ways to provide representation for the D.C. populace. There's there's no reason they can't have a representation. Congress can vote all of that. But you don't have to basically remove the District of Columbia. You don't have to basically have the federal government hostage to a small left-leading state of 68 square miles. I mean, this is this is a little nuts. Now, I'm enjoying talking about this a little bit because I like history and I like the thrust of ideas and I'm kind of... Uh, you know, wincing and laughing at the same time at the Democrats' power grabs these days. However, none of this is likely to happen. And the reason is that you're going to have to have a constitutional amendment. And that is almost impossible in the current configuration of U.S. states, the current politics in our country. There's almost no way that would happen. You'd have to have both uh, red states and blue states agreeing to turn D.C. uh, into a liberal paradise. And it just ain't going to happen. But it's interesting to watch. And perhaps the most important thing that's going to come out of this is a clear indication of what the left, what the Biden administration, what Nancy Pelosi uh, and the Democrats are intending during this time. I think they know that they're going to experience reversals at the midterm elections. I think they know they've got a very short period of time here. Mr. Biden has just finished his first 100 days. They've got a very short period of time here before perhaps some losses uh, in the House and the Senate at the midterms. Uh, They can see the Republicans coming for them. There's going to be a reversal. So these two years are their best time to push forward their agenda. And their agenda is radical and it's left wing. They're not going to destroy America. These people are patriots for the most part. But oh my goodness, is it interesting to watch? And is it revealing of their intentions? So I'm opposed to D.C. statehood. And I'm opposed to D.C. statehood because I think the founding fathers had some wisdom for us. I haven't heard a better plan. And everything that ought to come to D.C. citizens, whom I love, by the way, whom I I live amongst and care about, uh, can be done by acts of Congress if Congress will get its stuff together. It's the least effective branch of our government right now. It will get itself together. It can help fix D.C. without us deforming our national politics. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. 
Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.